Welcome to Living Rural, a podcast on home financing and mortgages for rural living. I'm Michelle Sandin, your host and your Rural First Consumer Lending Officer with Farm Credit Services of America. And let's dive into the world of rural home financing together. On this episode of Living Rural, we are going to discuss what I will need to apply for a mortgage. With me today is Sarah Sabatka, another Consumer Lending Officer with Farm Credit Services of America, Rural First. So welcome back, Sarah. Thank you for having me. It's been fun. Yeah. So I thought today we'd kind of discuss um, what I need to apply for a mortgage. A lot of times I have some people call in and and they're kind of just beginning and want to know what are the steps? You know, what's the difference between pre-qualification, pre-approval? What do I have to do? They're brand new or maybe even if they have purchased a home before, they have forgotten because it's been five or 10 years. And of course, in the mortgage world, things change all the time. So there's maybe some new documentation that we need. So kind of, I guess, you know, if I were to give you a call and say, okay, Sarah, here I am. I want to get pre-approved or I want to apply for a mortgage. What do I need to bring into you? What's kind of the the things that you go through? Uh, Well, a good place to start would be the the balance sheet and the pre-qualification form typically. Um, And then also W-2s, tax returns, pay stubs, and bank statements are the best place to get started. Mm-hmm. How many years of tax returns do I need to bring in? Typically, we would like to see two for sure. Just page one and two? Oh, no. We would need the whole thing, including all schedules as well. Yeah. And I think that that helps us get a, a good picture of, you know, whether you're self-employed or you're farming, you know, that Schedule C that's going to show self-employment income or the Schedule F that shows farm income or that Schedule E. I was just going to say the Schedule E yeah. with all those rental properties and yeah. and entities as well that you might own. Yeah. So if I have other entities or ownership in any partnerships, corporations, do I need to supply those tax returns as well? If you own any entities, we'll need K-1s on all entities for sure. And then if you own over 25% ownership of any entity, we would need K-1s and tax returns along with the current balance sheet. Mm -hmm. And that just helps support kind of all that income flow and how it flows through on the personal return. And and just so we verify how much income that you that you can get so we can look at, okay, how much can you afford? That is correct. Yeah. So another thing too is, is kind of talking about like, and when I know we briefly talked about it as self-employed and needing kind of two years of those tax returns. What if I only have one year, you know, or am I still able to use some of that income or is it kind of, you know, you're looking at future income, you know, a projection? We could still look at the tax returns and the self-employed income, we may not be able to give you full credit for all the income from that one year because there is only that one year history. It kind of depends if you were in that industry previously. I think it depends on every situation is so different. Right. And I would agree. And that's why I think it's uh, we pride in our pride ourselves in sitting down with that customer and, and understanding their story, what their income is, and making sure we're accounting for all the income mm-hmm. so we can look at that full loan application. Yeah, we work with self-employed farmers, business owners every day. So it's not like we're not familiar with the self-employed aspect. We just need to make sure that we can give you all the income that we can. Right, right. Um, and as far as a a down payment. I know a lot of times, you know, lenders want to see that sourced or it has to come from, you know, checking or savings or maybe a gift. Let's talk a little bit about how we're, we are unique with our down payment and uh, how we kind of look at it or what, what down payment can be. Does it have to just be cash? Well, we can use cash. We can use, uh, you know, we would source those bank statements, checking or savings accounts, money markets, wherever that might be. With us also catering to farming, there is sometimes grain sales. We can also tap into additional real estate. So if you own another parcel of free and clear, 
we would be able to use that as additional collateral, and then you would not have to put in either any or a less of a down payment in order to accommodate your down payment. That's pretty unique. I thought that was pretty awesome when I came to Farm Credit quite a few years ago, um, is, is understanding that you can use other collateral as far as down payment. I would say that is one of the biggest thing that makes us different is that you can tap into additional real estate and not have to provide that down payment. Even maybe if it's maybe real estate that you don't own that maybe mom and dad own and are willing to, um, to pledge that collateral, yep, pledge that as collateral. That's, that's pretty unique too. Mm-hmm. So if I were to bring in, you know, these documents, we, we, get together and I provide all these documents, kind of run me through the, the next steps. What does that look like? How long does it take to get maybe pre-approved or kind of where do we go from there? For pre-qualification, we would use those as, and basically run it through our quick system, just a quick income, looking at income and assets, things like that. Uh, then we should be able to get you a fairly quick answer. If you're a little bit more complex with self-employed income and things like that, we would probably need to do a full application upload all the documents, get your consent, things like that, and then send that off to an underwriter for a full approval. But that is a actual hard approval. And you can shop with confidence with that. Mm-hmm. That's pretty unique. And there again, if you don't have that property and you find a property, things might change a little bit. But I think having that pre-approval letter, you know, when you're going to look for properties, I think the realtor appreciates that as well as the sellers. I I don't know about your market, but in my area, they almost require that before they'll even show them a house right. of any kind, Right. Uh, talk to a builder or anything, just because there's such a shortage of homes mm-hmm. that they want to make sure people are ready to go before they even show anything. Right. That's a good point. I have a question. What's the difference between a pre-qualification and a pre-approval? Oh, good question. So pre-qualification is kind of you just giving me a balance sheet and kind of telling me, you know, this is my income, this is my debts, this is my assets, and kind of us running it through our quick pre-qualification form. So it's kind of based on what you've told me without supporting financial documents. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of a pre-qualification is, yep, you know, I think you're good for X amount. Now, when we do a a pre-approval, that's you actually submitting, you know, your, all your financials, the bank statements, the tax returns, and actually having that underwriter review it, make sure that we haven't missed anything as far as a loan officer and getting that, that final AOK with our, with our underwriting analysis team. Mm -hmm. Both are good. Mm -hmm. The pre-approval or the hard approval is pretty much gold when it comes to writing an offer. So Mm -hmm. one of the unique things that we have, and, and probably all the, a lot of other lenders have too, is, is kind of our online loan application. So I send that link out to my customers and it's pretty interesting to see what time of day or night that application is filled out. But I think what makes it pretty cool is, you know, people may be doing that when the kiddos go down for uh, bedtime or maybe it's a Sunday night or a weekend when they have some downtime that they're able to fill out that online application themselves. Yeah, and it gives them time to gather their documents on their own, mm-hmm. and then they can just upload them at their leisure. So yeah, I just this weekend, I had some yeah. that was that they were working on it at 2 a.m. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's amazing you come to work on a Monday morning and you've got two or three applications out there. So you know, yeah. people people had some time over the weekend, but it's pretty cool. And it, and it helps um, us kind of move things through a little bit faster too. Is, is, it does. Yeah. Yep, it does. So once we've um, been able to give them that pre-qualification or pre-approval letter, how do you advise your customers, Sarah? What do they do with that? Typically, I will tell them, hey, do you want me to send this to your realtor, your builder, whoever you're working with? That way, they have my contact information as well, but they also 
the builder and the realtor also know that these people have done their homework and they've they're qualified in order to move forward. Right. And like you said, you know, actually having that letter sometimes helps get your offer through faster if there happens to be multiple offers out on a property. That is correct because a lot of our approvals or even prequals they don't require a lot of inspections. Mm-hmm. Um, mostly just the appraisal would be needed mm-hmm. in order to do that and a lot of times that is enough to put our buyer's approval over because you're not asking for a bunch of other inspections. Right. And because we already have that um, them pre-approved and received their financials, a lot of times all we need is kind of appraisal and title work. So really, once we get a signed offer, we may, may be able to close, you know, within three, three to four weeks or if not quicker. Yeah. Typically three to four weeks is fairly easy to accommodate. So, Is there anything else you want to share on this episode, Sarah? Well, I think we've kind of covered the whole gamut of how to apply or what we need for a mortgage. Yes. So thank you for joining us on this episode of Living Rural. We hope that you found some value in the information and look forward to seeing you on the next episode.